we've entitled the message, Staying Fresh in Your Spirit. Staying fresh in your spirit. You know, if someone showered and they sweated, you know, that same day in the morning, they started sweating. That sweat is fresh. But if we stay to the second day, it's not. What about the third day? What about if they showered the last time on 31st December 2021? That will not be fresh. And you know what? If we don't be diligent in the things of the spirit, we can be like the last time we showered was last week. So God wants us to have freshness in what you do. Freshness. You know, I've, I've, I've had to keep this, and I'm going to show you some things that you, you can use as principles just to have that freshness in the things that you do. But I have had to, to do this to remind myself on the first day that I came to this church how I was blessed to be here. And I've had to use my faith over and over again to go back to that freshness of that day. I remember when I reported in Living Faith International uh, as a staff member in January 15th, 2002, it's been 20 years ago, how I felt good. Finally, I was working in the full-time ministry in the office of Living Faith International. I was so glad that happened. But you know what I've had to do? Is to be diligent to be refreshed and like it and enjoying going to the office. Why? It's God's place for me. Some of you, you come, and then you, you come with, you know, Pastor, I'm believing God for a job. Is it a good job? It's a good job, Pastor. It's wonderful. Praise God. I'm looking for that. Do you pray and you believe you get the job? Then after some time, I ask you, so how is the job? Fine, but it's challenging, Pastor. My boss. I don't have a good boss. And then you start now, you've lost that freshness and enthusiasm. And you know what that means? You're about to lose it. Or you start looking for another place. That's why it's so important, church, is to, and it's not, you know, if, if you're having challenges, they're challenges. But what you believe God for is, is God wants, what do you want me to do during, in these challenges? That's why it's so important to know first the place that you're supposed to be. You ask the Lord concerning anything, God, is this the place that you want me to be? Even if it looks so good, is this the place that you have want me to be? Is this a relationship that you want me to be in? Amen? Not going in and then asking, Lord, is this the marriage that I'm supposed to be in? No, before. You understand? You, you just want to know, the, to ask the Lord concerning his will. And then when you enter in there, you know that you're in God's will. So this is what I say. If it's not working, I knew it was God's will for me to do something. If it's not working, then I'll, I know the problem is not him. The problem is here. So I start asking, Lord, will you let me know what I'm supposed to do? Will you please forgive me for the things that I've taken for granted? Would you help me, sir? I remember being in the Bible school in the year 2000, 2001, Jerry Saville Ministers Bible Institute, 
And then it got to the eighth month. What? We were in there for nine months. And it, I think it was the seventh month. Still, out of about 100, I think, and 20,000, I'm not so sure now. Uh, but I had paid only 12,000. Can you imagine of that? And by then I was supposed to have paid at least 80-something thousand. But I'd only paid 12,000. And I'd had the Lord speak to me so clearly, I told me, go to the Bible school. And when it got to that point, I, a certain weekend we had a break, I started asking the Lord, Lord, I know you told me to go to the Bible school. And now here I am, it's the seventh month, I haven't paid the school, the school fees, I mean the, the tuition as I'm supposed to. I know the problem is me. It's not you. Please forgive me for having not followed your direction to have all my Bible school fees paid. And I and impressed my heart to write a letter to apologize to the Bible school, you know, administration. And I wrote a letter and I took it on Monday morning that the Lord, you know, I was in the in the in the in the well, in the presence of the Lord and he spoke to me 1 Corinthians 9:7. After I repented, he asked me, do I send a soldier to war at his own expense? In other words, I sent you there, and it's not your expense, it's my expense. Okay, good. You know, it's wonderful to hear that, but it's another thing to see it. That's why I have to believe God to see what he said is true for you. So anyway, I wrote that letter asking for, uh, for mercy, and apologizing and asking for forgiveness to the, to the Bible school. Of course, I wrote it to the dean of the Bible school. I represented the administration. And she picked it up. She looked at it. She read it. You know, I'm standing there. I don't know if I was going to be skinned alive or not. But she read it. She finished. And she said, thank you, Davis. And she folded. I thought, is that all? Because I'd said in that letter, if you need a meeting with me, I'm available. But I know God spoke to me to come to this, this ministry, and I know I've not been sensitive enough to listen to him concerning his provision. I tell you the truth. Like Jesus would say, verily, verily. About a month later, all of it was paid by an individual that God brought from very far and paid all my Bible school fees. All of it. All of it. When things are thick, I can use that thick. Is that, is that the right way of saying it? Thick. Or thick. No, no, just thick. Not that one. Uh, if things are that way, go back to the Lord. And don't say, God, why? Say, God, I know you never, you never fail. I'm the one who've, who have not followed you as I should. Would you please tell me, sir, what I'm supposed to do? And I'm telling you the truth. He always takes pleasure in instructing his people. He always takes pleasure in leading his people out. What about concerning healing? I haven't seen as he should. Uh, oh, God, I feel like I'm stuck. Do the same. Ask him. God, your word is so clear here. You're my healer. But I haven't seen as he should. I still am walking in this space. Lord, will you let me know, sir? What am I supposed to do? Help me. Big, one of the revelatory prayers or big words you can ever say is, God, help me. Help me. 
Mama, if you had your dad, if you had your son or your daughter saying, help me, will you be standing there? How much more of your heavenly father? Staying fresh in your spirit. Let's go to Psalm 92 verse 10. I'm going to read it from the New King James Version and also the Passion Translation. But let me start with the Passion Translation. Say in the name of Jesus, I have ears to hear. What the Spirit is saying to me, I receive the living word of God. I receive the direction of the Holy Spirit concerning my life. I receive the leading of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for your word in Jesus' name. So be like a sponge, okay? All right. God has instruction for you. And the way he does it is through his word. Now look at this. Your anointing has made me strong and mighty. What makes one strong and mighty? The anointing. But let me go right there and say in 1 John, you can write these scriptures down, I won't go there. In 1 John chapter 2 verse 20 and verse 27, you says, it shows us clear that you have an anointing indwelling you. So when you think about an anointing, don't think of a pastor. The pastor or the fivefold ministers, they're anointed by God for the office. But every believer has an anointing. An anointing within. The one who teaches you all things, and that's the, the Holy Spirit. So your anointing has made me strong and mighty. And that's what the anointing does, strengthens you. You have empowered my life for triumph. By pouring fresh oil over me. You see that? Fresh oil over me. Look at the the other version, the New King James Version. But my horn you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. So what do you keep? What does God want us to do? To keep that fresh oil on us. The anointing on us. Freshness in whatever we do. Whatever we do, church, to have that freshness. If you seek the Lord like as a lifestyle in everything you do, you'll always look back and realize how everything you have done is by design to bring you to this place. Or by God's design. Let me, let me say it again. If you seek the Lord as a lifestyle in everything you do, in other words, you're seeking the Lord as a lifestyle in everything you do. Everything, church. Listen to this. You'll always look back and realize how everything you have done is by God's design to bring you to this place where you are in now. Everything. I can look back at the last 25 years and I can say that for sure. I can tell, I can tell things that the Lord spoke to me. I can tell how he led me to go to uh, you know, the fire conferences of Dr. Jerry Saville, um, you know, Jerry Saville Ministries in International, and I went in there, and I was seeking the Lord, and how he instructed me when I was in there, and how he desired to be part of the ministry, and then he tells me, go to the Bible school, you know, that's the year 2000, and then I'm coming to this church now, then I'm in this church, full in this church, and I'm here, and in this church, still had my wife, that does not mean for the, I'm saying for myself, you understand, so if you're single, don't be looking around, pastor said we can get here. I'm not saying you, I'm not telling you that, but I'm talking about my personal testimony. That in this church, 
I meet with a girl on 15th of November 2000, on a Wednesday. If you check it out, it was a Wednesday, around 8.30 in the evening. <laughs> in the bus, going just near Kenya Utali College, we're in the bus. That's when I was introduced to her. Ended up being my wife. Now, right there in the Bible school, the Lord speaks to me and says, I want you to, to submit your ministry under pastors' weights and colors. I get, they didn't know me. I get to meet with them now, and I, I, I end up working with them all these years. So when you look back, it was by God's design. And another one of the most beautiful things that has ever happened, I got to know you. That's important. I got to know you. And many of you know your families. Ask, how is your mom? How is your sister so-and-so doing? How is this and this? How is this? How is your sister-in-law, Mercy? You know, I can ask all this. Usually people get amazed that I know names of people. They stay here and here. How is your mom doing? How is she? How is she in Malindi? How is she? She's still in Malindi. You know, I, I, I get to know family members and all, all that. That's wonderful. That's some of the things that you look back and say, it's all being by God's design. So what is my point? Seek the Lord in everything you do. You're not just here because you, are, you missed somewhere to go. Or you're waiting for the finals of African Cup of Nations in the evening. It's by God's design. And if you are not born again, it's by God's design that you're here today. God wanted you here. That you may receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your, your Savior. So, so, then, so that, that you realize things is by God's design. So my point is this. Seek the Lord with all your heart in everything you do. Know some things in everything you do. And Proverbs, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, very important scripture there. That was a part of our, our prayer and fasting scripture for, uh, for this year. Uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Listen to what he says. Seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. God is in the business of showing his people which path to take. He takes pleasure in that. Hey, he, 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 he defeated the devil so that you and I may walk in victory. And what I'm, I'm sharing with you is very important because we just came out of the fast. You know, you can come out of the fast and just forget about it and praise God, we are through. Finally, I can have a cup of tea. Finally, I can eat my steak. Finally, I can eat my chicken. Not so. You can, but look at this. There are things that happen during the fast that you need to keep them fresh. And there are things that God has spoken to you in the past that you need to have them fresh in your life. And then you, you realize everything you do, everything that you've gone through, or everything that you have gone through has been by design. And listen to this, even challenges that you've gone through. Challenges are not supposed to crush you and I. Challenge, we, should, we need to take challenges as an opportunity to grow. Flex our muscles ready for some good things that God has in store for us. And can I say this? We take them also as, as a pathway to, into promotion. Why would anyone be promoted without any challenge? They pay you for the, for the problems you solve in that office. Okay. You didn't know that. 
or you don't solve any problems. That's dangerous because there's what they call redundancy. So solve problems. Be there. And look at this. In Romans 8.28, it says, And we know that all things are together for good, for those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. But that scripture by itself, you can't take it by itself and say, all things are working for good. Not so. See the preceding scriptures talking about prayer and faith. Released. And then, and that is actually like seeking the Lord. You are pursuing God. And what does he do? When you come to the place that you are in, it's like all things have been working together for good. Why? You've been seeking God. So then you're ready for some, I think, five-point message? You're ready for that? Only the, the Martin here? Huh? Oh, you are? Okay, all right. Just checking. And I want you to, to experience liberty. If you're asked, you're ready to say yes. If you're behind there and uh, they say yes, yes, pastor, you're ready, and they look at you, don't mind. Just continue focusing. <laughs> Amen. So the first thing to do is to stay fresh in your spirit is prepare your heart every day. Every day. Every day, church. Every day, prepare your heart. How do you do that? You do through the word. You guard it. Um, I'm going to read. I'm not going to read it. But, but actually, like uh, John 17, 17 says, sanctify them with your word. Your word is truth. Prepare your heart. Why is that so? Your heart is the reception center of everything that God is going to do in your life. It's a reception center. He first brings them in your heart. You know things right in here first, in your heart. If you are living, can I use this word? If you are living inside out life, that's the life of a believer. You follow the leading of the Holy Spirit inside of you. You'll know things right in here. I have, I've done this in my, my books over the years. Nowadays I use my iPad. Is I, I write those things down and there's a place that you can put a padlock. So the padlock is my thumb print. I write those and then they come a time that I'm the only one who can open the seal. You know, there's only one who will be, opened, will be able to open the seal. So for my iPad, I'm the only one who can open the seal. So if, if it comes to a time, I'll just go there and say, Lord, you spoke to me about this. And if it, it involves someone, I'll tell them, you know, this is what the Lord spoke to me concerning this issue. Da, 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 da. So I'm the only one with the seal. I'm able to open the seal. Tina doesn't. Because when you got married, our thumb prints do not match still. In Proverbs 4.23, the Passion Translation, prepare your heart every day. It says this, look at this church. Even if you've read it a million times, listen to this. Pay attention to these words. So above all, above all, above all, guard the affections of your heart. Above all, what do people guard? 
bank accounts, wallets, pass, phones, above all. In, that, in other words, there's no problem with guarding your finances and all that. But this is what the Lord is saying. Above all, above all that you guard, guard the affections of your heart. Let me see if I can go there from my Bible. I saw something there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord forever. Above all, guard the affections of your heart. Or listen to this, the part of heart. It includes our thoughts, our wills, our discernment, and our affections. The heart includes our thoughts. You guard your thoughts. In other words, right now, the Bible says as a man thinks in his heart, what are you thinking? The way you are thinking is the way you are. It includes our thoughts, our wills, our wills, plural, our discernment, and our affections. That's we got that. Affections of our hearts. So they are, for they affect all that you are. Wow. All that you are. Everything is affected by what? Our hearts. So this is precious. Our hearts are precious. And listen to this. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being. This is what happens from it. For from there flows the wellspring of life. Pay attention to that. Strife begins from inside. Jealousies. You know, fornication, adulteries, and, and God, whatever it is, it begins from inside. So this is my treasure. I have a treasure to guard against. You remember when Jesus said this, fear those, uh, do not fear the one who can destroy the body, but cannot destroy what? Your soul in eternity, the hell of fire. He cannot. So what is this? This is our, what we got. Your prosperity is in here. Your next level of promotion is within you. The way you think. So what do you do? We got it. We got it. What do you do? Again, there's also some people who want to sow their seeds. Because how is the word sown? How are words sown or seeds sown? They're sown through words. The sower sows the word. If there's a good sower, don't you know there can be a bad sower? Yeah? Have you heard? Have you heard about Brother Francis? This is what happened. Really? You know, that's the way I thought. Do you know I like asking people this? Where did you get that information from? Can I help you? Then you tell them, you, you ask them, if Brother Francis came here, will you be able to say that? No, but you know this is a secret. And the secret things, then if it's a secret, the Bible says the secret things belong to the Lord. Are you the Lord? You can help people. You can help people that they never get to gossip again. When they smell gossip, they want to run away quickly. Again, I was so surprised that I read a letter of a Christmas. Just before, during the Christmas presentation, was it 19th? Uh, it was 19th of, of December, uh, this 2021. 
And then someone calls me who doesn't come to church and say, you know, I visited your church and I just came and couldn't hear well. And then I asked an individual, so where is Pastor Carl? No, she's not here. She left in 2019 and she says she's not coming back. What? Who said that? And the letter is clear. Open your eyes and open your ears. Listen to this. Pray for yourself that you may hear accurately. Accurately. That you don't believe a lie. And when you hear lies, wherever it's coming from, there's a, there's a repellent. <laughs> your heart just repels those lies because your, your heart is full of the truth. My goodness. Oh my goodness. Time is Time goes very fast when I'm preaching. Very. Let me see if I can go a bit faster. So, so when you guard your heart, is that it may be a good ground for the word of God and for God's purposes in you and through you. When you guard your heart. I'll say it quickly, you can go watch it again. Obey the word by getting rid of cares. That's very important. Cares or care. Not care fellowship, care. You understand, you know, anxiety, distractions, attitudes that are not of faith. This helps you wherever you go, you're able to hear the voice of God leading you. Listen, the way you prepare your heart, God responds, you are able to hear his voice leading you on a daily basis. This also is a way to guard what you have heard from the Lord in the past. I may show you one of the things, the things that you can do to guard what you've heard. Is this, write down what you hear. The people never write anything down. Oh, I was, over the years, I was in meetings with Pastor Wade and Pastor Carl. First, when he called you, and I do the same. When he calls you to his office, big mistake is for you to go without a pen and a paper. First, he will deal with you right there. I'll do the same too. Because you're coming, coming for a meeting, carry a paper and a pen. Okay. Carry something to write on. Oh, sorry, forgive me, but I said it. Now look at this. Write somewhere. Listen, what you value, you document. And if you come to listen to the Lord speaking to you and giving you instructions, you're expecting... You write those things down. You don't write everything. But listen to this. There are things that apply to you. And you miss out his instructions if you never write down. Think about this. If we could have been figuring out until now where is Genesis. Because Moses never wrote it. Do you know where Genesis is at? We don't know. But Moses never wrote it. How could he have known about creation? Huh? Listen, the book of Acts is still being written. If you walk by faith through you, document the things that the Lord will speak to you, what you value, you write. Very strange way of thinking. You cannot depend on your memory. In fact, the more things, the more things you hear, the more your memory, I won't confess that. 
but you cannot depend on it. Okay? You, you, the, look at this. You can write it down, then you'll help your memory. In fact, this is what Pastor Wade taught me, and I, I value it so much, is this. Davis, when you write something down, whether an instructions on, or not, whatever it is, if it's an instruction, when you write it down, you have unclogged your mind. Because you can no longer have it in your mind, you've already written it down. And he said this to me, the moment you are writing, before you write it down, as you write it, as, let me say it, as you are writing it, you are the boss. You are writing. But after you have written, that which you have written becomes your boss. You need to obey it. You need to do what you have written down. Your employer sh should be paying me. Because I'm helping them. That's how you do. So that then you, you won't forget something. Now look at this. How much more on instruction from the Lord? Do you know why I would say 17th June 1996 on a Monday is when I gave my life to Christ? That's important to me. Do you know why I say 21st June on a Friday the Lord spoke to me for the first time in 1996? That's important to me. The first time we got married, the first year, I think the second year. I forgot 4th August. I forgot about it. Tina looked at me. She said, have you forgotten something? I said, no, honey, nothing. <laughs> I'm fine. Okay. I remember it was on a Friday. We went for care. We were going for care. They saw being busy in the office. So I came on driving and said, hey, we need to go for care. And I said, honey, have you forgotten? Have you forgotten something? No, what? Nothing. Nothing. In the evening, we're about to go to bed. And you mean you forgot my birthday? Oh, I don't. I forgot it. Completely. I looked at her in the eyes. I tell you, never, ever in my life I'll ever forget it. And it has never happened. And it will never happen. Fourth of August is our redemption time. No, sorry. I got redeemed again. <laughs> never forgot it. But the people never remember. When the wife forgot the day you were born. Would you have gotten married to if you are not born? That's that important. Remember those things. Anyway. Why did I get into that? Write them down. Remember. If you are too busy, you can't remember 4th of August of your spouse. Put it on somewhere on Google or let it help you. So first is prepare your heart every day is to keep that freshness in your spirit. Secondly, ask the Lord for understanding. When you are going for a meeting, whatever you do, ask him for understanding. Give God grant me understanding. When you're going for any meeting. You know the culture nowadays? If you don't have the answer, Google. And if you Google, 
act on it without even understanding. Now that should it. You know nowadays they use, do they use calculators even in maths, even in school? My goodness. We, as we knew, probably this time some, some of the, the young ones, I may ask nine times nine and they don't know. They say, wait a minute. <laughs> we knew those things. And it's amazing that I played Dutch in high school. I like darts still. Uh, once in a while I can play. And you know you hit, boom. You know that's double, double 17 is 34. Boom. Triple 19 is 57. And then you calculate it, you know. I'm, I'm left with double, double 19, that's 38. Boom, finish the game. And my mind goes that way in calculation. But if you keep... You don't remember, you, you don't, anyway, you do what you're supposed to, but, but let me say this. Ask God for understanding. That's my point. And we find that in Ephesians chapter 1, 17 to 18, it talks about God granting us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and what follows next is this, the eyes of understanding. Oh, in verse 18, please. The eyes of understanding. Listen to this. You have eyes of understanding that needs to be enlightened. Can I help you with this? Seek to understand things the way they function. Seek to have principles concerning things. When you understand the principle, you're able to replicate it over and over again. You're able to. Is that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened and then it goes on and on and on and on. So then, seek to understand things so that when you hear, you have an understanding. You hear and understand. You hear and understand. You seek to understand the things that you, you, you hear. In Matthew chapter 13, let me read this Scripture. Look at this, the parable of the sower. Look at verse 18. It says this. Therefore, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. And verse 19 says this. When anyone hears the word of, of the kingdom and what follows next, next? And does not understand it. Then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the he who receives seed by the wayside. So listen to this. The enemy thrives in keeping people or blinded from understanding what has been spoken. You, you see what, what it is. That's a very important parable right there. So the wicked one is, is authorized to steal when her one does not have understanding. I don't like when people say this. I don't like it at all. When a person says this, we've always done it this way. What? Why do you do it? We've always done it this I found it being done this way. Seek to understand why is it done. Why is tithing is important? What is that? You're keeping everything you've learned afresh. 
fresh. You know, you can keep that. You can keep your spirit fresh because every time you have fresh understanding concerning the way things operate. The way the kingdom operates. Why do, Lord, will you let me know, sir? I believe with all my heart that Adam could have said, will you let me know, sir, why you can't eat that tree? Why is that so? I believe God would have told him. There is, and he could have shown him more, and he could have taught him more, but what did he choose? To eat it. He ate us out of the garden. Okay. <laughs> Look at verse 23. But he who receives seed on the good ground, that's what I was talking about, being good ground, is he who hears the word and what? Hey, say like you are understanding what you are saying. So he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it. Can I tell you something? You can go back and write what you've written down. Go and look again. It's like, did I understand what the pastor was saying? Because I'm, I'm telling you the truth. The pastor didn't wake up in the morning and say, which message? Tina, do you know if message, do, do you know if scripture I can give to them? No. So look at this. Ask the Lord, do you, I really understand what I was taught? Probably I understand better if I did this. At the end of the service, without having given you a notification, I'll say, uh, Sister so so come give us the message again. Share with us what, I have un- what you have understood. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord again. <laughs> Praise the Lord again for Matthew chapter 13. Praise the Lord. <laughs> No, those people are not here. You will teach us. Is that so? Because you have understanding. So they, they receive the seed of the, uh, they receive the word and hears the word and understands it. And because of understanding is who indeed bears what? Fruit and produces some 100 fold, some 60, some 30. Understanding is such a key to your increase. Understanding is such a key to your increase. Is that Kelvin? Man, good to see you a long time. <laughs> You're doing okay? Yeah. Understanding is such a key to increase. You understand? You see, I'm even asking you, do you understand? You're keeping what? <laughs> no wonder one of the, the, the one of the, a mother tongues I got to learn was I'll keep seeing sing this Wanyita. 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 So yeah, then I got to understand there's something about this nyita. <laughs> if you don't nyita, you don't know what you're going to do. They say, why wanyita? Why wa? Wanyita? Why wa? I say, yeah. I think I know what that means. Wanyita? Why go? So can I ask you, Wanyita? Why go? You need to understand what you're hearing. Understand. Tell us, those are some of, I really laughed. The first time I heard people from, in my, my mother tongue, a chick 
Masa buat chicken? Yang buat chicken? It's chana. Chana. C-H-A-N-A. So when I got here towards Nairobi, the first time I came to Nairobi was 1988, fresh from the coast. Never been to Nairobi. Then I hear Shana. Shana Shove. I thought, they call children chicks. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Those things tickled me. Shana Shove. What? They call children chicks? Cultures, if we just love cultures, you just, it's funny. You know, some expressions, anyway. <laughs> Pastor Wade used to say that it was so funny when he came there, now started living in Nairobi, and he keep hearing people say, E, 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 E. When is this conversation going to end? E, 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 E. <laughs> In all that, you need to seek understanding. <laughs> if they say E, E, what are they meaning? You need to seek to understand. Now look at this then. So the first one is prepare your heart every day. Ask the Lord for understanding. And then that's very important for increase. Very important there. And look at this. It's amazing. Uh, the third part you need to understand, the third thing is meditation. Meditating on the word of God will increase under your understanding concerning the function of the kingdom of God. And this is the way I can put it in a, in a nutshell. I can say there's a time I think I spoke, I had series concerning uh, meditation. And, and meditating on the word of God. I'm not talking about us the word of God. I'm talking about meditating on the word of God. But let me put it in this way in a nutshell. You are asking even yourself. It's like you, are, you, you keep saying it within you and you can even matter. That's one of the definitions of meditation. You can speak. It's like, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean, Lord? We give thanks to you for you are good. You are good. You keep repeating that until you start realizing, wow, I'm seeing something here. The reason I need to give thanks to God is because he's good. He's good. Lord, what is your goodness? What is your goodness? And you start going back to the, you start going to the scriptures concerning the goodness of the Lord and you stay right there and you keep thinking. And you keep asking, and you keep saying, and you keep repeating. Your understanding increases. Psalm 119 verse 130. It says the entrance of his word, of his words, gives understanding. It brings understanding to the simple. The entrance of his word. Oh, come on. I mean, you're able to have it right Oh, quickly, I, I will. That's fine. Um, I know the scripture very well. That's why, again, I like going to the scriptures and reading them again. Uh, Psalm 119. Did I say 119? Psalm 119, verse 130. The entrance 
of your words gives light. It gives what? Understanding to the simple. What's that understanding for? For increase. For increase. That you understand the operation of the, the, the Holy Scriptures. Concerning whatever your issue is. Now with the understanding that comes in so much through meditation. See Joshua 1.8. What Joshua 1.8 says. Very familiar scripture. Go study. Probably I'll visit. I'm, I'm believing God to be able to speak some things about the name of Jesus and authority of a believer. But maybe another time we'll go into again on meditation. But it says in Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. What is that? Your mouth and meditation. Your mouth and meditation. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it. So then, if you, if you study, you realize meditation and mouth go hand in hand. It's not like the Eastern meditation of uh, other religion. But you're talking about biblical meditation, it goes hand in hand. You say it, you matter. You say it. And you know, many times you meditate the negative side, but you don't know. Let me give you an example. When my husband say, whatever, what did he actually mean? He's left. Okay, so you're starting meditating. And then the next thought, whatever. He never told me before when you are quoting whatever. Nowadays he talks wherever, whatever. What does it mean? Is he telling me the truth? So you're meditating by the wrong things. Okay. They were looking. Do, do you remember those who were here? Uh, I said a while ago. One morning I woke up, and it was during holidays. You know, Tina wasn't going to work, and then I woke up in the morning and uh, I went to my study. I finished, and I was ready, showered, ready to leave. I was leaving early. Then I went to the kitchen. Usually, I find fruits. Checked in the free refrigerator, no fruits. I thought, what's happening? The kitchen also light is off. The bedroom, bedroom light is off. I went and then entered and I found that she was still asleep. Oh, she said, oh, honey, forgive me. I slept. I, I didn't even remember. I'm, I'm waking up now. So I said, can I prepare something? No. <laughs> honey, give me some few minutes. I'll give you something for you to carry. No. That, that attitude. No. I'm going. I have to go. You know that kind of. It was sounding polite, but it had some things in the voice. I had to. I have to go. Honey, I can fit. Now nah, I'm going. It's okay. You can sleep. You know those who said what? Anyway, I remember I left the house. I'm driving, and thoughts started coming up in my mind. Without even thinking, they were just flowing in. She slept. She didn't prepare anything for you. She couldn't remember that she's supposed to wake up. <laughs> I remember where I was, and I'm telling you the truth. I say, shut up, devil. I'm telling you, if I could have let that continue, it could have gone farther. 
Shut up, devil. I know Tina loves me. She doesn't do that. She overslept somehow. And I don't care about that devil. Shut up. I forgot about it completely until, I don't know, weeks later, I was in a Wednesday prayer service, and I remembered I shared the testimony of my victory over thoughts. I could have been there all day. This woman changed. <laughs> She's really changed. She sleeps deliberately. <laughs> Come in the evening with her with the talons, and then you, you just don't talk. Am I helping someone? Yes. Am I the only one couples that uh, I go through these things? Or <laughs> you, you all fine? Pastoring a perfect church here. <laughs> we are the only one here, dear. <laughs> Seems like. At least mine I share. <laughs> At least man I share and I have a happy home. <laughs> really? At least I share my now. I mean I can share a bit. But look at this meditation. But you meditate on what is right. Uh, write it down, Philippians 4 8. Whatever things are true. Whatever things are normal. Whatever things have good report. You know, it goes on and on and on of, of virtue. Think of these things. Meditate on these things. Um, I think it's amplified class says, set your mind on these things. Whatever, whatever things are true. So it says, you shall, not, shall meditate in it day and night, and that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you'll make your way what? Prosperous. Why? You could have known the principles and, and know how to move forward and then you'll have what? Good success. I'm telling you, this is a scripture. You're thinking about success. You need to go into these scriptures over and over again and learn about meditating on the word of God. It's a promise right there of prosperity and good success, which I know every one of us desires for that to happen. Someone Talks about the same things. Uh, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now look at this. We're talking about meditation. It shows us on association. Association, remember, through association, seeds are sown. If you are with the right association, seeds of greatness, seeds of faith are sown into your heart. But if you're in a wrong association, that's what happened. Seeds that are terrible. So, but what do you see? You do not walk in the counsel of ungodly. Nor stand in the path of the sinners. Nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But this is your delight. This is what you delight in. In the law of the Lord. In the word of God. And in his word. Or in his law. You meditate day and night. You meditate. What about my healing, Sam? What about my prosperity, Sam? What about my victory, Sam? What will happen 20 years from today? The word. I've anchored my life on the word. That should be yours and my, 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 my pursuit in life. So the first one is what? Prepare your heart. 
How do you keep yourself, you stay fresh in your spirit by preparing your heart and then ask the Lord for understanding and meditate on it. Everything becomes fresh in your life. You know, you know the truth is this. We are expecting God to do more things in our lives. Is that so? So we are thankful to God wherever we are. That's very important to be thankful. I think that's on one of my points there. Wherever we are. But listen, your house hasn't become boring. If you feel it is, it's because of your thinking. It's because of your thinking. Your, ch- your children have not become boring. You can change your attitude. Then you start getting, being thankful to God and he starts showing you some things concerning the future. Think about that day when that baby was born. The way you walked around for us to see you. You're so happy. What became? You hear people, since I got the baby, you are awake every time. This baby cries, keep saying it. The baby will stay awake if you keep confessing. Okay. <laughs> I live by faith in whatever. I mean, Tina and I just endeavor that. I buy faith in everything. Speak to the food. Yeah, this week I was eating, we eating carrot cake. Very nice one. I said it, we'll eat you when you want. Not when you want. Tina said, amen. <laughs> we dictate when to eat you, not when you want us to eat. I, I, I think that way. Okay. You better speak. Look at this. Um, the, the fourth one I want to give you is this. How you want your life to be fresh? Be a doer of the word. Be a doer of what you have heard. Be a doer of the word. It doesn't matter what happens. Make up your mind. I'm a doer of the word. Things are tight. Be a doer of the word. Don't wait until then. Do it as a lifestyle. Let me go quickly to this scripture in Matthew chapter 7. This is one of my wonderful scriptures. And probably even this week I'm going to start with this in my pre-marriage class. Of a pre-marriage class this week. For 2022, I start with this. I like it. This is not about building a house. This is about your life and my life. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, this Jesus saying, and does them. So he hears the sayings of Jesus and is a doer of the sayings of Jesus. I will liken him to a wise man. I like saying it in this man, a wise person is a doer of the word of God. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock and, the, gale, and, and the, the rain descended. The floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. So to be founded on the rock or founding your life on the rock is to hear the sayings of Jesus to, and to be a doer of those sayings. If I was doing maths, I'll say hearing Plus, doing the things of Jesus equals to founded on the rock. And if I was marking that test, I say 
That's how it is. The amazing thing, because of the consistency of the scriptures, can I tell you something? They did not only hear, but they understood. Because of the consistency of the scripture. They did not only hear, but they understood. Because he's the same one who spoke about the parable of the sower. So actually, this is, if I was going to say, this is the kind of life that bears forth fruit. Hearing and doing the sayings of Jesus. You see that? I say you see that. You are a hearer and a doer. Now look at this. Same meeting. These two individuals were in the same meetings. The other one. Are we in the next one? They say this. And he who hears. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine. And does not do them. Same meeting. Jesus is speaking. And in the same meeting. He heard but does not do them. Will be like a foolish man. Who built his house on the sand. Did they, did they hear? But one of the things that I'll say majorly there, they never understood. Because again, what meditation does, it enables you to know how, to, how what you have heard applies. You can apply it in your life. Listen, it's the same word here, but your need may be financial, your need may be healing, your need may be your relationship with your brothers or sisters. But can I tell you something? Answers are coming forth. They've been coming forth since you began in the beginning. Even in the reading of the Psalms. Answers have been coming forth. But it's hearing and doing. First is hearing. So then he says, he heard, but then the rain descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell. And great was it, great was it, was it, and great was its fall. That's the difference, hard and didn't do. James 1, 21 to 25, very wonderful scripture. I'll show you about something there about heart condition also. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness. Where is that? In the heart. Filthiness is in the heart. And overflow of wickedness. And receive with meekness. That is another thing of hearing and understanding. Receiving with meekness, the implanted word. Do you know what that meekness is actually? With humility. What is the opposite that side is pride. I've heard that before. I'm telling you the truth. Any one of us ever say, I've heard that before, it means this. There's no freshness in our lives. If you've heard something before and it's been said again, and you've kept that fervency of spirit, of spirit, as the Bible says, this is what you desire. Lord, what else can I hear from the scripture? Recently, uh, you know, for, for about some few years, I've been studying about Thanksgiving. And I had, uh, I was, uh, I, th I think last week or last week, I was having my fruits and then uh, during lunchtime, actually, I'd gone back to the house, I think, before I prepare for, for prayer. And then I see, I found uh, Joyce May speaking about Thanksgiving. I was hungry to hear. And I had things about Thanksgiving that I had not seen them that way, the way Joyce May spoke them. 
if you are hearing and you have kept that fervency of spirit or freshness of your spirit, everything you hear being spoken, you want to hear fresh. That's what it means, keeping fresh, your spirit uh, fresh to hear new instructions. Everything you hear. When you hear something, say, I want to hear that again. I wonder what else they are going to say. I wonder. I want to hear that again. But if you have that, the, the thoughts like, I've heard that again, you've disqualified yourself from receiving the wisdom of God concerning the situation. You can as well say amen. Now look at this. So being a doer of the word, verse 20, 22, it says, uh, sorry, go back 21 again, that the word of God, that let lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness, humility, the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Go to the next one. It says this, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You know what? You want to have Definition of deceiving yourselves, hearing and uh, hearing and not doing. That's self-deception. Next one. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of a man he was. In verse 25. But he who looks into the perfect law, think about this, the word of God, of liberty, the word of God, and continues in it. So it's not just hearing, but how to keep that fresh in your life is this. You hear and continue. Let me say this. It's not how we start, it's how we end. Thank God for starting. We all begin somewhere, but the end of it all. How do we end? Everyone can start. Have you noticed? But the ending is very important. Or we continue in it, and not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. Say, God blesses the doers of the word. That's very important. Now look at this. Let me say some things here. The way to know you're keeping your spirit fresh, fresh, let me give you some of the things that you'll know uh, if your spirit is fresh or not. One of the things is joy. Joy is an indicator that your spirit is fresh. I'm not talking about happiness, joy. You can be happy for a moment. Your joy is up. It doesn't matter what happens. Your joy is there. You have joy. And usually, joyful people do what? They sing. Huh? I remember my, my sister-in-law, Tina's younger sister, came to stay with us. She was so sick. Sick. Looked like she was going that time, but she died much, much later. Several years later, actually. She lived for a long time. She made some mistakes and she ended up losing her life. But, but then uh, she came and she was so depressed. So depressed. When she started living with us the first few days, and I'm telling you, kept pumping the word. The word is playing in the house. 
on and on and on and on and on. I shout always. I dance. You know, I can wake up dancing around in the kitchen and, you know, just, just that way. I'm telling you, it didn't take long. We'll hear her washing dishes and she's singing. We're here leaving the bedroom. She's going to, uh, to the kitchen or whatever. She's singing. And Tina and I realize that girl now is fine. She is no longer depressed. Are you battling depression? Joy. Joy is the cure for depression. Joy. If you have any depressing thoughts, joy. Pick it up. Can I tell you how to do it? You can put even songs and start dancing. Dance until there's life within you. Come on, people. The Lord spoke to me. I remember the first time hearing his voice. 21st June 1996. He spoke to me so clearly. I'm telling you, church, I danced, I shouted, I walked around the compound just looking toward heaven. I, I believe, I'm, and I'm telling you the truth, for the first time in my life, I could remember, the sky was blue. I'm telling you the truth, the trees looked green. I went down to Mombasa a few, I think a few months after that, for the first time the ocean was blue. And I was enjoying what I was seeing. Why? Death had tried to take me away. I tried quite a bit to take me away. But when, when the joy of the Lord came inside of me and God spoke to me, the joy filled my heart. Let me tell you something. I know I no money in my pocket. I know nothing. If that's English. But what I had in my heart was bigger than anything that anyone can ever own. Let me tell you something. The problem many times, believers, our, our quote-unquote joy is hinged on something. Is hinged on money in the bank. Is hinged on, on the breakthrough. Is hinged on things are going right with me. Not true. Not true. That's not joy. That's happiness. And it's temporary. The joy of the Lord is hinged on God's goodness. God's faithfulness. God's redemption through our Lord Jesus Christ. God's mercy and grace. So listen to this. Even if bills have not been paid or nothing looks like it's going on. Listen to this. The joy of the Lord is a choice. I can choose to be joyful. And sing songs of deliverance. I can choose. Even in the midnight hour, the joy of the Lord. You start just the song that way. If I start singing that way, Tina does, no longer does that. I think she got time. She, she used to say that, but that, is that a song? Uh, is, that, is, that, is that the way the lyrics of that song go? I said, uh, is that song not written by someone? It was written by someone. I can also put my words in that song. <laughs> so even in the midnight hour, the joy of the Lord is my strength.
<laughs> now I'm having fun. And then you start, you start doing that and start doing that and say, yeah. Even when the rent is not paid, the devil thought that he am done. No, 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 no. I mean, you start laughing at yourself. Oh, this past, this past Wednesday, right in here, during our prayer service, as I spoke about utterance, listen to that message I spoke the other Friday and this past Wednesday. Go listen to that. I spoke about utterance, and towards the end, and, and in preparation, I really laughed in the spirit. I just I was filled with the joy. I laughed and laughed and laughed. So at the end, I didn't think of it. I forgot about that. So when I came here, at the end, I said, now that you've heard all what you've heard, you can as well stand up and laugh. And they started. Some started. But Elder Ruth, I'm telling you that woman got filled with the, in the Holy Ghost and in the joy of the Lord. She was seated, I think, right where she's seated. She laughed until she went to her knees. She lay down laughing. At some point, I started laughing at her. But all of it brought in joy. So can I tell you something? You can as well go ahead and laugh at the enemy because God has redeemed you. He didn't laugh, he went, yes. No, laugh. When it looks like nothing is moving, just go ahead and laugh. Shut the door if you want to and laugh at the enemy. Why? That's some of the indications. Quick, let me go up. And listen this. One of the indications that you're living in that you're fresh in the spirit, you're keeping us, your spirit fresh, is it you forgive easily. You forgive easily. What they did to me in 1975, it was on a Monday. I'll never forget. I'd just given birth to my firstborn. Those people, when was that? 1975, when they were firstborn, has children. And people keep that. That is stillness. But the fervency, the freshness of the spirit is this. You know what? I forgive, Lord. I forgive them. And I'm not going to keep account to the evil done to me. I forgive them. You forgive easily. And listen to another one. You're generous. If you want to know you're living, you're keeping that fervency in spirit uh, and, and the freshness of the, the spirit in your life. You're generous. Generous towards God, toward God, and toward others. Generous. Can I give you, show you also one generosity is this? You know, if you, if you go to the office and you don't even greet anyone and you are a believer, I don't understand that. You, you get to the door and then you go to your office and you have your Bible and you don't greet even anyone. Let people know you were there. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. And I just greet them. Or in the house, you don't greet anyone. Okay. 
Generosity. Look at this. Look at this, church. I think I said weeks ago, generosity is outward. How you relate with others is outward. That's God's generosity. It's outward. How you are able to reach out to others. If you hear something has happened to someone, reach out to them. Pray for them and reach out to them. That's generosity. Can we have that in church? Don't wait for anyone to do it. Reach out to someone. So and so this happened to them. We need to reach out to them and pray with them. Generosity towards others. That's very important. That's one of the things. So uh, songs of joy, meaning you're up, you forgive easily, you're generous, and I can go on and on and on, but I won't go further with that. How to keep, this actually ties up with what I'm, I'm about to say, is this, of that, how to keep that freshness of your, of your spirit, or in your spirit, is you're thankful. You're thankful, Pastor. You're thankful, Pastor. You have that thanksgiving. Thank, thank, thanksgiving is an attitude of faith and expectation. And a thankful person, again, is a generous person. Look at the Thanksgiving is outward. It's outward. It's outward. Again, that's part of generosity. When you think about Thanksgiving, it's part of generosity. You are, it's outward. It's outward. God has been good to me, so I can do this. Because of his goodness, I can do this for someone else. Why? As I, my gratitude to God. Whatever I do, I'm doing it heartily as unto the Lord. It's an attitude of, of, of faith and expectation. Why is that so? Because God has been good to me. I can share this out with people. Oh, that's good. Stinginess, actually, is lack of gratitude. It's lack of gratitude. Why? But I'm, I'm generous. I'm thankful. I'm thankful to God. God, you've been good to me, so I can give this to someone. I can share. Do you know it's the same thing about reaching out to, to others with the love of God? You know, God has done so much in my life, then I can't keep quiet, but tell others about the Lord. Would you please, would you please hear this? What? I want to talk to you about Jesus. I led a certain lady, uh, an Orthodox, you know, Ethiopian, and, and she kept talking, kept talking, kept talking. I kept quiet. I just entered into a, a shop. I was looking even for a belt. Uh, and I entered in and she started talking and I, she told me, no, I don't have any belt. So she started talking. I kept quiet and listened. With that intention, I was going to lead her to the Lord. And she spoke and spoke and spoke and spoke and I kept quiet. I'm answering, yeah, fine. And she started pouring out her issues that she had. And then at some point I said, do you know what I can do? I can give you the Prince of Peace. And she said, she said, no. No, I'm Orthodox. You Protestants think that we are not saved. I said, I never said that. I'm not even a Protestant. I don't, I'm not protesting anything. <laughs> but I told her, I'm not a Protestant. I didn't tell Then I started telling her of how I got born again, and she paid attention. And, and the moment I'm ready, I'm getting ready almost to lead her to the Lord, she said this. Then someone entered into the shop, and she said, go, 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 go now, go. Because now I'm starting now, coming to the time I'm leading her to go, go away. I say, I'm not going away. 
I stood there, I stayed. The customer went. Anyway, I ended up leading her to the Lord. And the presence of God, I felt the presence of God. And she went, oh, 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 a prince of peace. Saw so her several days later, sent her some books. She said, oh, my goodness, I feel peaceful after that prayer. Listen, if God has been good to you, share it out with someone. Share it out with someone. Okay. I thought you were going to be generous towards the person. Say, amen, pastor, praise God, hallelujah. So listen to this. Let me say it quickly, and then we'll come to a place of receiving Holy Communion. About Thanksgiving. I taught, I think, on uh, what date was that? On the 12th of January. I taught on a Wednesday prayer meeting. I taught about God responds to Thanksgiving. Check it out. God responds to Thanksgiving. He does. So do you want God to be responding to you? No one likes going around people who always complain. Anyone who does? So don't live, don't live with any. In other words, don't live a complaining life. So, 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 so God responds to thanksgiving. Let's, let's look at Luke quickly. Look at Luke. We're coming to a place almost receiving Holy Communion, so just be patient. Let's look at Luke concerning the miracle of feeding the, the thousands. But I want to pay attention. I won't go so much into it because he's told them, feed them with something. Go to verse 15, please. Because uh, he told them, make sure they sit down, and he had them, they, they, they did so and made them sit, all sit down. Let's look at verse 16. Look at this. I wanted amplified, please. Amplified, not classic. Amplified and the passion translation of that verse 16. <clears throat> Are you understanding anything? Do you make, have you made up your mind you're going to be a doer of this? This year, you have, you choose to be a doer of the word and all those things that I've said. But look at this in the Amplified Version. When he took the loaves of bread and fish, then he took the five loaves and the two fish, and he looked up to heaven and did what? Gave thanks. Gave thanks. We see thanksgiving right there. Was it a crisis? Yes, it was. They didn't have. But look at this. He looked up to heaven and gave thanks. That's why your thanksgiving should be directed to the Lord all the time. But listen to this. It's wonderful. You do whatever you do. You do it heartless in the Lord. In everything, give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus. He gave thanks and blessed them. And he broke them and kept giving them to the disciples to set before the crowd. God, I've realized from the script, several scriptures, how God responds to thanksgiving. He responds with the miraculous. You want to walk in continuously within the miraculous? Be a thankful pastor. Be thankful, church. Thank God for me. <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah, you should, though. Thank God for your children. Thank God for your wife. Thank God for our nation. Thank God for the president. I was asking the staff, 
uh, you know, it's just cultivating thanksgiving and how we ought to love unconditionally. So I asked, is there anything you can thank God for concerning Mr. Uhuru? And they started. All of them, they were talking about projects, 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 projects. The other side, you can be so ungrateful, you can be dead, 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 dead. You can focus on that. But we can thank God who enables us even in a nation with the dead to clear it off. Because it still works through imperfect men. Then I asked, is there anything you can thank God for, Mr. Atoli? You all are laughing. Why are you not thanking God for? <laughs> what are you laughing about? What are you laughing about? I asked a question. And they were, uh, uh, but they got some thanksgiving. He's loud. Say, <laughs> <laughs> so, Pastor, have you become political? Oh, but I vote. So I check out also. Let me make, make, make my point here. You can always thank God for someone. Someone. <laughs> As a Kenneth, brother Kenneth Higgins was known to say that you can, you can even say something good about everyone. He says this, even about the devil, his persistency. He's, he's persistent. <laughs> you hit him this side, he comes, shows up again. He comes again. You hit him this one, they say, but the beautiful thing about it is he's defeated. Then we can thank God for that even better. Now look at this then. Look at this, the same script in the Passion Translation because of Thanksgiving. Look at what he says. Then, after everyone was seated, Jesus took the five loaves and two fish and gazing into the heavenly realm, he gave thanks for the food. Husbands, if you can do that every time. Huh? Is it very again? It's better we thank God. I'm still waiting. <laughs> Wife, would you appreciate if your husband thanks, thank you for the food? Because there's some effort. If you really made effort, you understand. But, but we can thank, is it Githeri again? Tina says, is he healthy? I say, yes, by faith. <laughs> it's healthy, by faith. But look at this. He gave thanks for the food. I used to do this, uh, probably heard me say this, but I lived in Babadogo, and there was a mama nearby who prepared andazi. Now, when I came to Nairobi, I was surprised about the andazis in Nairobi because the first place I lived with my brother was in Uruma. So they had those big things called andazi, and with thick flour inside. And I was really surprised. That's what they called Andazi. Okay. Fine. But look at this. So then I had an attitude toward those Mandazis. So I'd call another girl. She lived in the neighborhood. She was a little girl, but they called her St. J. That's the first time I knew St. J means aunt. So I'll say, St. J. She was little. Go up there and buy for me the ears 
of a donkey. That's the way I call them. And she'll go and buy those mandazis. They are long. They look like donkey's ears. They're long. And I ate several times. One day, I'm talking about Thanksgiving, remember. One day I place them. I'm ready to eat two of them. I was ever hungry, a tiny guy, ever hungry. I'm about to eat, they're big. I'm about to eat them. And then the Lord asked me this, what are you eating? Oh, God, I knew exactly what he was talking about. And then he says this, you are eating exactly what you have called them. In the spirit realm, you are eating ears of a donkey. What was I demonstrating? Lack of thanksgiving. That was provision. And I'm telling you, it came in by faith. But I despised it. And that's why some suffer stomach problems, but they're never grateful. I've been working the whole day, you, brew, you woman, you bring me skuma wiki, and you're still eating it. What will it become inside you for you? Okay, sorry. Of them, not you, them. Thanksgiving. That's very important. Now, church, let's go to John 6, then I'll, I'll, we wind up with this. John 6. <clears throat> Let me read from scriptures from verse 1 to 14, uh, some few scriptures, but I want you to pay attention to something here that I'm going to say. In that John 6. It's still in the, the miracle of the, the, the multiplication, the feeding of the 5,000. But then he says this. Look at verse, verse 6. Yeah? He says, then it, verse 10, sorry. Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the, grass in the place. So the men sat down and number of about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves. Look at this. Pay attention to that. And when he had given what? Thanks. He distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting and like us of the fish as much as they wanted. That actually is such a key again to multiplication and supernatural increase. Now look at this then. But I want to bring to your attention of the word giving thanks. The same word that is used in there. He gave thanks. That's the same word a uh, Greek word, Eucharistio. Anyone who grew up in a Catholic background, background you need Eucharistio? What is Eucharistio? Eucharist. Holy Communion. Alright? But look at this. Let me read to you something here about Eucharistio. It actually is to, to give freely. That's what it means. Giving of thanks. To be grateful. To express gratitude is to be thankful. And then listen to this. 11 of the 39 appearance of the word Eucharist in the New Testament refer to partaking of the Lord's Supper. 11 of the 39 appearances of the word in the New Testament refer to the partaking of the Lord's Supper while 28 occurrences describe the praise was given to the Godhead. So 11 of those times, Eucharisto is for partaking of the Lord's Supper. While the other one is for what? Giving praise. 
So that's what I've taught about yada, which is lifting up your hands to the Lord. Okay, that is thanksgiving. That's the Hebrew word yada. One of them is lifting up the hands to the Lord with thanksgiving. Another one, this, this Greek word, is talking about Holy Communion. So this is my point here. The approach of Holy Communion is thanksgiving. And in a nutshell, I'm going to share, you, to share with you why. Would you please stand up on your feet? I, want, I know you've been sitting here for a long time. Just stand up on your feet and just lift up thanksgiving to the Lord. Hallelujah. Just offer thanksgiving and gratitude. God, you're good. Has God been good to you? Has God been good to you? Then lift up your voice and thank you. Thank you, Lord, even for the things you've heard today. Thank you. Thank you for his word. Thank you, Father. Father, it is with gratitude much thanksgiving and praise that we are in your presence thanking you Lord I do thank you for this congregation I do thank you for each and every single person that you have called into this ministry I thank you Father for all the miracles all the working of your spirit in their hearts all the leading of the Holy Spirit concerning your purposes and your plans upon their lives Father I'm thankful. I'm thankful to you. In Jesus' name, amen.